0: You are listening to Do You Mind, a podcast specially commissioned by IT Sligo Student Counselling Services, produced by KBH Productions. This podcast series refers to mental wellness and contains conversations that some people may find upsetting. There will also be some occasional strong language. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in any of the episodes, please contact Support Services. The contact details for support organisations will be shared at the end of each episode. This series was recorded remotely during the beginning of 2021, and so the audio quality can vary from guest to guest. Hello. My name is Brennan-Harding. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm just jumping in here really quickly before we get into the podcast proper. Today is part two of our how to be an ally series. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ plus community. Not everybody is represented because we didn't have enough time and we were recording during COVID. But I hope you enjoy the conversation. Now, the main reason for having this conversation is not just for other LGBT people to hear it. It's actually for straight people to hear it. It's for heterosexual people to hear and to understand how you can be a better ally for the LGBTQ community. I thought I'd better start off as well sort of saying what LGBTQ means, because sometimes people are afraid to ask. And it's in a world where you're expected to know everything. It can be really daunting. So LGBTQ L is for lesbian, G is for gay, B is for bisexual, T is for transgender, Q is for queer or questioning, I is for intersex, and A is for asexual. There's a lot more to be added into that list like pansexual and gender fluid, and all of these things can seem daunting to people when you're hearing of them for the first time, but they're all part and parcel of figuring out your identity and place in the world. You don't have to stay and remain in one box for the rest of your life. You don't have to stay in any of them. You can be whatever you want to be. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I did. In this episode of Do You Mind, we're going to talk about supporting the LGBTQ plus community. College is a time when we really begin to explore our own identities. We make friends, try out new experiences and explore sex and sexuality. Some of you listening may be inwardly questioning your own sexuality or gender identity, and if you are, there are numerous services and information points online that we will direct you to at the end of this episode. This episode is really aimed at generating conversation amongst our straight and heterosexual friends and students, and how you can be an ally for the LGBT community. Why is it important to tackle the stigmatisation, homophobia, transphobia that permeates society and marginalises a minority group? Joining us today, we welcome back Dervla Fahey, student counsellor in GMIT. Welcome back, Dervla. Thank you for joining us. Um, we have ro- <laughs> good. We have Roisin Murphy, uh, not the singer Roisin Murphy, but a very important Roisin Murphy. Roisin is 24, she's from County Mayo and identifies as a bisexual woman. She graduated last year with a degree in applied social care from GMIT and since coming out publicly she has gotten involved in volunteer capacity with LGBT organisations such as Out West, Mayo Pride and Shout Out. Welcome Roisin. Thank you, Good. good to be here. <laughs> Good. And uh, we also have, I'm delighted to say, best known for appearing on Dancing with the Stars and Big Brother in spectacular fashion, uh, an absolutely gorgeous human being, uh, member of the traveling community, LGBT activist, Huey Maw, And Thank you for joining us, Huey, today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm
0: really glad that we have such a diverse panel, um, especially to talk about um obviously LGBT community and each of us, apart from Dervla, is a member of the LGBT community, but Dervla, you are very much an ally, and that's what we're here to talk about, I suppose. Um this particular episode is of significance to me, obviously because I'm a lesbian, but I came out when I was way back when, when I was sixteen in nineteen ninety six, and a lot of things have changed since then, but a lot of things have remained the same. So Creating this and getting to um, bring a voice to this particular platform is, is it's just a really close part of me, of who I am. Um, I don't think we as members of the LGBT community need to do the heavy lifting anymore um, and explain everything to heterosexual people. I think it would be amazing if heterosexual people took an interest and educated themselves about the LGBT community. And I guess that this podcast is a way of enabling that idea to become a reality. But throughout this episode, we will be discussing our own life experiences. Dervilip. In the previous episode, we spoke about race, whiteness, how white people need to listen to our black and mixed race communities, live fearlessly. That was a big thing from it. It was amazing. Challenge unconscious bias, which we also spoke about. And I do think perhaps I'm wrong, but I do think that this can apply to cis heterosexual people by way of listening to the experiences of LGBT people and discovering ways we can make everyday lives better. What do you think about that? Do you think it's kind of like it's about for me, it's about stepping into our shoes and seeing our world?
2: yeah absolutely there's definitely you know um, parallels between the two living like you know being fearless around it kind of confronting it looking at your own biases, looking at your own perceptions. Um, I think to step into someone else's shoes first, we have Mm -hmm. to step out of our own. And that's very much where the unconscious bias comes in, you know, our perceptions about certain groups of people. uh, And a lot of the time, certain groups of people that we haven't met or experienced or lived with in our own lives, whether it be family, friends, um, college classmates and things like that. So um, I think, yeah, the biggest thing is stepping out of our own shoes. And then also having that basic level of empathy towards people Um, you know some people that are you know heterosexual cisgender may have never actually wondered what it would be like to be discriminated against shamed for the person you fancy the the gender you want to identify with so I think that's a really good starting point is you know taking off your own shoes and and thinking about it from that perspective as well it's often a conversation I would have with people in my own life you know where I've had to challenge it myself as you know a heterosexual person and obviously I'm a huge ally for the LGBT community and you know having these conversations are so important and calling it out and then people saying well I never thought about it from that point of view and that's the most important part you know you need to think about it from that point of view because we are all living in one society and why should certain communities or certain people Um, be discriminated against because of how they identify or the people they fancy and want to have sex with so I think that's a really really important part of it and the whole ally part is, is massive too and I think it's You know it's it's so important in college when people are exploring everything sex orientation identity who am i the whole existential crisis that comes with that age group um and you know there's a lot of things that you can do in college as well it's great because there is that platform whether it's linking in with your student union if there's not a society already set up getting involved in that having an actually recently here in gmit we set up um a staff and allies network which is which was fantastic and there there will be one for students coming now as well. But we had like a pride flag raising ceremonies and it was just so emotional and so important that people feel safe and included where they come to, to study. Um so that was really emotive as for me and, you know, the people that I work with in college and the staff members that and my colleagues, you know. So um I think we, we're getting there. There's a lot a lot of opportunity but the biggest thing would be to that's my kind of when you said stepping out of just step out of our own shoes and step into into someone else's. So that's a nice really really lovely
0: it. way of looking at it, and actually it just brings me to something that happened to me um, this week that. Uh, I um, I'm a big sister to I have a lovely brother and I posted something online and it was about my experience over 20 years of just the simplicity of using um, a bathroom. And because I'm quite masculine or boyish, I have always had people um, look at me kind of in horror or, you know, they don't like the fact that I might be in the bathroom or they just look at me strange because I'm different to most other people in that I'm very masculine presenting. So I posted this thing online. And my brother sent me a voice note. And I think it's really applicable to this. My brother is a straight guy. He's 30. He certainly wouldn't mind me talking about this. Um, And his voice note was, I never, ever, ever understood that that would be your world. You're just my big sister who I love and you've really opened my eyes in just that your lived experience. And so that's very for, for me talking about our stories is is huge because it enables say my brother to see a totally different aspect of how my life can be and it also enabled us to really re- to connect in a in a different way on a, on a real sort of deeper level. But I think as well it's wonderful what happens on campus and it's wonderful if you're not going to college and you're you know you're out in the world of work and you're you're also exploring your identity etc. But it's also can be a really terrifying place if you suddenly are going, actually, I can't ignore my feelings or what is going on. It can be quite a strange thing to suddenly realize that you might not be heterosexual um, and that can take it that can take a journey to to get to embrace it or to get to go and, and, and talk to somebody or to even, you know, be clear in yourself and who you are. i um, sure I sat on the steps at South William Street for about a year looking at the youth group going in and didn't go in because I was so afraid of, because I knew once I took that step, it was kind of oh, no going back for me. Hughie, I want to talk to you now because you graced our TV screens on so many occasions. Most recently, actually, I watched you on um, Eating with the Enemy, which I thought was brilliant. Um, You were you were superb on that and you met another traveler woman. And I thought the conversation that you guys had was was amazing because you did transform her viewpoint on being gay.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, One of the reasons why I wanted to speak, obviously even like you guys today and why I always have these conversations is, like for me growing up, I never ever felt like I had anybody to relate to. I never really seen much like um, representation in the media. Like we all know that when you watch TV shows, it's very white, it's very straight, it's very like a certain body type, all of that. And for people like us growing up, we noticed that a lot more than maybe people who aren't in our yep. position. Do you understand what I mean? Because you're looking for somebody that you can maybe feel like can understand you. So like when I went on eating with the enemy, the reason for it was not just like as a game man. It was mm. also as a traveler man. I didn't know it was going to be paired up with another traveler. I just knew that it was going to be somebody maybe with an opposing view. It could have been somebody maybe from a religious standpoint or like other areas of my life maybe somebody's against reality tv or plastic surgery or whatever And um, but i'm actually really thankful for the lady like maureen i got paired up with because what ended up happening was we actually found a great common ground and in a way i weirdly stereotyped her because i didn't realize that she goes to a lot of gay pride marches and stuff like that there because when we were kind of sat there and we were conversating, it kind of makes me a bit upset because she works for a lot of travellers' rights organisations and in them organisations, mm-hmm. they're not funded or promoted in any way at all for LGBT travellers or to show any sort of diversity of travellers in mainstream society. It's always just sort of like racism towards travellers and issues like that, that is still important, but they always get talked about. So I kind of just seen her as that on the side of me and as the conversation kind of started to go on, I realised we started to have a lot more common ground than I ever would have imagined, and she was a lot more understanding. And we kind of found a middle ground where, like, she has experienced racism as a traveller. So I kind of said to her, "How did that feel?" Sort of thing. And then that's where she kind of started to understand, like, yep. on my end. You get what I mean? So, like, do you know, what? just to go back to what you guys were saying a minute ago, as you guys was talking, it really rang a bell in my head. Before I came out, my parents, um, they were essentially homophobic. They would never have gone up to somebody and been di- like directly homophobic, but in their day-to-day life and maybe the terminology they use and stuff was essentially homophobic. And my dad and my sister's husband said something like that. It was so amazing. And it's exactly what you guys have just said, that it wasn't until it kind of came to their own doorstep that they started to kind of force themselves to understand so much more. Do you understand what I mean? And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people need to start realizing as well as that. There's a lot of people out there who just sometimes doesn't even know any better. They might have grown up in a certain home. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the information they've got in their lives, we're conditioned as people to think a certain way. Like you were saying about unconscious bias. Like it's even to do with racism, sexism, or oh, even me as a traveller, man. The amount of abuse, the comments that I've often got growing up, like the stuff that's happened in school, comments from teachers, stuff that you would not believe that has been said to us. Like, for example, like a teacher once said to us in school to me, like and my sister, and went to a school that weirdly enough had a lot of travellers in it because the town that I grew up in there was a lot of travellers in it, and the teacher actually turned around and said, um that we didn't need as much one-to-one time. She actually said this to us, one-to-one time, because when we got older, we were going to leave school anyways and we weren't going to complete education. Like a teacher actually said that to me in school. So like I understand all of those things completely. And it's, it's a conditioning in society that makes people think this way and act this way. And I suppose it's about breaking down that. But what's really important about having allies is that just because I'm a white man, just because I'm a man, and say sexism towards women will never affect me, it doesn't mean that I'd never speak out against that. Even if I was just sat in a room and I heard somebody saying something to somebody else, it doesn't have just to be publicly like yeah. this. I always stand up for what I believe in and that's what's so, so important. Even for example, when people use certain terminology um, without even meaning to be racist, you know like for example, somebody could be from Pakistan yeah. and we all know that word that people use as to describe their nationality. Or even anyone from like the Middle East, he always used that particular word. And I constantly, all the time stopped them in their tracks, like nicely. And I said, like, I can see you're not being aggressive in your words that you're using, but you need to understand like the origins of that word and what people mean by it and how it hurts people. And it's little stuff like that that I think that's important, that people needs to continue talking about. And that's kind of what I personally believe anyways. Stuff like that conditions people's brains and it'll help. It just, I just think going forward, the more conversations there is like that, the more stuff that people are educated on, the stuff mm-hmm. that they probably didn't even realise they were misunderstanding or using the wrong words, Completely. it just changed so much. Because I understand as somebody that's faced adversary in life, I understand how these things, Completely. These things can impact you. Whereas somebody like a white, straight person, who might have always been good-looking, might have always been popular, or whatever else... They don't understand what those kind of like little things is because it might yep, never have completely. Fixed. Do you understand what I mean? So it's important. To kind of, I completely. To and it's a, exactly that thing. This
0: way. thread that's going through this podcast series is commonality. It's the relatability we have with each other. It's the fact that, you know, I might be, you know, oppressed or have, you know, um, certain societal expectations placed on me or people being homophobic towards me. But equally, then I can educate myself around the areas where I have unconditional bias, where I could have been unintentionally racist, where I could have been unintentionally, you know, misogynistic, even though I'm a feminist. You know, there's there's so much conditioning going on. And it's about in the previous um, podcast, Eric Higge was on it and he said about, you know, the freedom to make mistakes once we educate and grow from it, that you know we can get paralysed by not allowing mistakes to happen by cancel culture, by um people saying the wrong thing or ignorance as well. And yeah, it's, a, it's it's what like, you do yeah. with that information when you realise that you've stood in the ignorance bracket. Do you know what I mean? When you have it's what you do with it afterwards. Um, Rosheen I want to talk to you as well because um you were a student in in GMIT and you are now um working you have been working with GMIT, but you came out during college. Um, you started to question your own identity. And I wanted to talk about that because I think uh, bisexual voices get really kind of they just get put to the side because you do erasure and biophobia. So I want to talk to you about going back into your college experience, what was it like in terms of for you um finding maybe where your identity was sitting?
3: Yeah, so I suppose I kind of growing up I didn't really know what bi was being bisexual meant, I don't think, until I was about 16 or 17. Um, I, I knew what being gay meant, I knew what being lesbian meant, kind of, maybe a bit. I remember the first time I saw something like that being portrayed or knowing what that meant was probably on the TV show Friends, which isn't always the best representation either. Um, mm. So, and then I kind of started thinking, maybe I am something else. When I saw what bi meant and I kind of looked up what it meant, I thought maybe that is me. Um, but then that was about 16 or 17. And then I kind of thought, okay, no, I can't deal with that right now. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to think about that. I put that to the back of my head. I don't want to think about that or deal with that right now. And a lot of things went through my head like, oh, I can just, even if I am bi, I can just marry a man and no one will ever have to know. I don't have to deal with that. Um or just nobody has to know. I can just pretend that it's not a thing and then I won't have to deal with what might come with it because I didn't know what was going to come with it or what was going to be thought about it. Mm. Um, and then when I went into college, I kind of started to realize, I suppose, there is a lot more outside the heterosexual norm and even a lot outside being gay or being a lesbian. There's so many other identities within. The umbrella of LGBT plus, so I kind of started thinking, okay, there is a lot more, and maybe it's okay to be to like identify as these different identities, or maybe it's okay to think, okay, maybe I'm this, and think about it for a while. You're not stuck with a label forever. You don't have to sit decide on one thing and then say, yes, that's me forever
0: now. Hughie, you came out in a very spectacular for fashion, really, and I read <laughs> where you talked about. That way of being able to come out through Big Brother was something that perhaps saved your life.
1: Oh, completely, God. And this is why, you know, as much as we go, like as LGBT people, sometimes people can go, like, in the, they're not religious or they're not spiritual or whatever, because of things that's happened in their life. But this is why I believe there's some sort of higher higher power or sometimes things just fall into place for you in life because I don't even know how I would have come out other than me knowing that I was going to be going on Big Brother. Like, I don't even know how I would have found the strength to even do that because... As a traveler man, i watched all these other TV shows, it's been about travelers for years, they're always really stereotypical and whatever. So I never would have wanted to go on a show and be the same or never never be myself, never speak out about anything that I believe in or just be my own individual. It wasn't even just about going on to speak out, just being my own person that I think we're all perfectly entitled to. It's not a privilege, it's actually just a basic human right in my opinion, just to be yourself. So, because I knew that, and I knew, like, the deadline was, like, the show starting in June, I knew in March or so I was going in, right, I have, like, from now till then that I need to tell everyone in my family, or they're just going to find out on TV. But just before, in January, I kind of told, like, a few family members and whatever, like, I felt like I could relate to, I could trust, you know, like, people in my own age group, like my cousins and whatever like that. And then... One person kind of led to the other. And then when I went on Big Brother, it sort of was a bit like a passing comment between me and my parents. I, we, ne- we never even to this day have had a conversation about it. Like we've never had a conversation ever about it. I just sort of, just sort of found out they knew. It was like, yes and no. And whenever I went on the show, to see me with somebody and then I just brought it by home. And that was it. But I do know it was a really, really difficult time for them to adjust to that and come to understanding it if you know what I mean. But, like, for me personally, like, I do think I've got a very strong character and I, I still would have probably done something that was just as dramatic as on when on Big Brothering came out. I probably would have just disappeared somewhere and decided, to know, packed all my bags and moved to Spain or something. And when my family put out a missing persons list, I would have just said, look, I've done it because of this. I wouldn't have just sat down in a conversation like a normal bloody person. Uh, but I think a lot of that is because of my own insecurities and, and stuff like that. And that's where kind of all of that sort of comes from that I I sort of maybe didn't have the confidence just to be able to sit down and have a normal conversation I would have felt like I had to be a big sort of scene and then that could have been like the excuse or people might might have sympathized a bit more I think it might have been something like that because of the kind of because of my upbringing and stuff that happened in my life and coming from like the traveling community and You know, without being stereotypical, like within my own family, there's so much toxic masculinity. There's even more sexism. People are even more religious. People are even more traditional than maybe the average person in mainstream society. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's anyone that comes from a cultural background. And I'm not meaning that in a stereotypical way at all. So for me growing up, it was very, very hard to ever find anyone I felt like I could relate to, anyone that I felt like I could sit down and have a conversation with. And weirdly enough, that ties in with the fact that why I ever loved reality shows and why I ever wanted to go on programs was because I watched them and I'd seen all these different people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, that the shows, I suppose, was intended for years ago as like experiments. And I'd, I'd find somebody that I could relate to. This is why I liked these shows and why I wanted to one day like participate in one. But. um I, I just think for me it was just like a big dramatic moment everyone's like oh god to come out like that but there was like more of a deeper thing behind it so I did, I just didn't really have a lot of confidence to sit down and have that conversation so I just think subconsciously maybe I was thinking I'm glad I've got something you know coming this year and mm. I can finally just be myself because like I was nearly 22 I like so a lot of people come out a lot younger than that do you know what I mean especially when you're gay or whatever but like I first came out and I said my cousin said to me she said um Oh, Huey, do you like boys or do you like boys and girls? And I was like, well, not like I've been with girls, but I like boys. That's exactly how I said it, and everybody typecasted me as being like bisexual, or whatever. But I was like, all oh, look, whatever. If if that's enough for them to listen to for right now, then I'll just leave it being in time to figure out who I am. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that maybe felt made them feel a bit more comfortable yeah. whilst it was adjusting to it. Do you understand what I mean? But can I ask you guys? Do you remember you were saying a second ago about um representation in the LGBT community about like transgender and bisexual people and whatever do you feel like that men, gay men is the most represented
0: I do, um, Uh, personally speaking I do I don't know if I I push against it in some ways, not pushing against my gay brothers in any shape or form, but I push against it when it comes to say, you know, the like we are recording this in July yeah. and this is going out in October. So we've just come through Pride Month. I wrote a piece the other day around pride and around how uh, capitalism to me, capitalism is absolutely eating our pride. Um, and what I've seen is a very um, gay male privilege uh, which is not the fault of anybody it's 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 our society going yay yay we're out we're gay yeah and it's like it's this aesthetic thing Um, but I also feel there's no visibility or very little visibility of soft butch lesbians of butch lesbians of masculine women and I've started to talk out more about that because you know um why, why aren't there as much like you can name on, on like one hand, maybe the lesbians that you might see, the masculine lesbians that you might see in television or film representation. You also don't see uh, trans people represented. And certainly we, do, again, by yeah. people don't get um, their say. They don't get to have as much of a voice. Um, they get put to one side, basically. You know, actually, Roisin, I do want to talk about um, biphobia with you. You know, what, what have you... What's your experience in terms of? It's it's just like if you're if you're with a guy, you are assumed straight, and if you're with a, a woman or in same sex or or non conforming, you're assumed lesbian or you're assumed queer, and bi is never used.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know there's a lot of kind of people not necessarily trying to be biphobic but like little small things like making jokes about someone who's bi is more likely to cheat on their partner because they are attracted to more than one gender and um, things like yeah. oh being bi is just like a, a stopover on the way to deciding that you're gay or straight one or the other and um, definitely like small little jokes and things like that and I feel like especially in media bi is being bisexual or that kind of trope is seen almost as the punchline to a lot of things like the whole time everyone's like oh is she a lesbian is she a lesbian and then when it finds out she's bi in the film or whatever it's like a big joke almost in a way or people don't think it's a real thing and um, so like little kind of small things like that being the butt of the joke a lot of the time is kind of hard to deal with and even just like in people i know and people i know that wouldn't be intentionally biphobic or homophobic or transphobic or anything like that any sort of phobic making jokes like that about oh if your girlfriend is bi you better keep an eye on her she might try and she might go leave you for a woman because bi people are more likely to cheat that kind of thing so it's definitely just More like language and making jokes like that, that definitely hurts more, I think, than openly being biphobic a lot of the time.
1: Can I say something about the bisexual thing as well? I think that um, women that are bisexual are very, very sexualized. I think a lot of guys sometimes see it like in just like in a sexy way rather than in a serious way. Sort of like, oh, she likes girls or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I see that a lot in... um, in TV shows that I watch. Like, you never really see representation of bisexual guys. You just see it as they're in denial about being gay. Sort of like what I just explained in my experience. And I think that, like, that's not nice a all. The people are just kind of labeling me bisexual mm. until they feel better. That, again, is sort of like a problem when you sit down and think about it now. But um, I think women, it's seen in this really sexualized way. When you watch television shows, it's sort of like, oh, well, I like guys, but I get with girls sometimes. And like the girls kissing. and like, it's, it's never seen in a serious way that somebody is actually bisexual. And they can be with a guy, they can be with a girl. They're happy in that relationship like anybody else would be. So I do completely understand what Roisin has explained, and I've often thought of that in my own head in the past, because it's not just about sex; it's a genuine
0: yeah. It's like when we live in the in a binary. Like my partner is bisexual, and I've had to take on my own stuff that I didn't realise I had. You know, um, you know, and that's down to my own insecurities and my own need for safety and my own miss. Um, misguided sort of inner unconscious bias. And I've really taken that on and really seen where I have erased by people. It has been unintentional, but I have. And so it's like, OK, I, I need to take that on. Um, I think as well, like Jess Kavanagh was on a podcast, um, which is a sex positive consent, etc. cetera, um, podcast as part of this series. And one of the things she said, you know, she's a bisexual woman, and she was saying that um, she saw this thing that was written down, and it was like, if you're a bisexual woman, you're assumed that um you uh, just you'll you'll just want to sort of experiment with women, but you'll come back to men. And if you're a bisexual man, it's assumed you're it's a gateway to being with a man. And all of that assumes that everybody wants to sleep with men. Um, so it's like it's that kind of patriarchal assumption, you
1: know? Yeah. When you think of it like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, um. Roisin, how, when you came out, um, what was the experience for you coming out um, on campus and what was the experience for you in your personal life?
3: Yeah, so I suppose I kind of came out to some of my close family members like a few years back and then I came out to some of my friends that I already had. I suppose, I mean, from then on, as I made and met new friends, I kind of didn't, want to have to come out I suppose every time so I kind of it kind of ended up being a thing that people just found out about me rather than me standing up and saying like okay we've known each other for a few months now you have to know that I'm bi like it wasn't like that at all and um, it was just kind of like just from conversations and people knowing I suppose that I'm involved in different organizations and things like that that people kind of find out that I am bi I've had very much like I'm very lucky that I've had very much a positive reaction and with people who matter to me because like I always think if people mind that much then they really don't matter to me that much and luckily I haven't had um, a negative that much of a negative experience with anyone that's very close to me and but I know that's not the case for everybody which is really unfortunate but I think for people that are maybe do experience a negative reaction or maybe feel a bit more kind of isolated from friends or family um like there you will be able to find your people And um, even from like i when i started kind of thinking okay maybe i'm by. i looked up like groups on online so like the by plus ireland community group i joined that online just to see what it was like, what kind of people were in there, what people were saying in there, that kind of helped me. And it it wasn't a need for me to tell everybody because it was like a private group. So it wasn't like everyone in the group was suddenly going to, if they knew me, they weren't going to be like suddenly outing me. So it was very much a safe way for me to kind of look into it and see, okay, is this how I feel? How are other people feeling? What they're experiencing and things like that.
0: Completely, yep. Yeah. And uh, by Plus Ireland, that group is very is very good. I have a lot of friends who have always talked about how safe and uh, opening and welcoming that group has been to so many people. Um, I'm going to just have a quick talk about or chat about homophobia and how, or biphobia, but homophobia and how that impacts us. Uh, Hughie, what? Would you say if you could, like, how different would life be if you could eradicate homophobia?
1: Oh, God, I think that um, a lot of the homophobic things that's happened in my past has really shaped me as a person as I've got older. and um, I've got a lot, obviously, stronger, more confident, as we all do, the older that we get. But I would say that a lot of traits that I've got, a lot of confidence issues that I've had over the years, a lot of um, self-belief in my own ability down to what other people would consider the most simplest of things. Like, I used to have terrible um, social anxiety during school. I never really knew how to make friends and stuff. And it really goes back to being a little kid, like, as far back as me being, because I'm quite um, feminine or whatever, like, whatever terminology you want to use, even when I was really little, I always just had friends that was girls or I always played, like, with girls' things or whatever. And, I know things is a lot better now, but, Um, as a kid you'd have people that would like just make remarks call you stuff like say all of those slurs that we all know even when I was like that young like kids I was a bit older or I even had parents that said stuff to me like that sometimes and it really shaped my life as I got older because when it kind of came from about 10, 11, and then came a teenager, I kind of stopped going outside. I stopped mixing. I stopped kind of having friends. I really came into myself. And it's weird because by nature, I'm quite a big character. I chat everyone. I'm such a people's person. I'm not the shy type in any way, shape, or form. But if you met me at like 14, you would think I was. I was such an introvert because I was so beaten down by the things that happened in life. Like in school, like people spitting on me saying the most disgusting comments coming from such a traditional background, parents that like, there was no understanding of being gay. Like I remember growing up on um, Christina Aguilera's a song called Beautiful and like there's all, there's gay people and trans people and all in the video. And I'll never forget like a family member of mine turned off and saying that I shouldn't be allowed to be on television. And I was like seven years old or something. And by then I anyway, knew I was different. And I remember when I'd see people like that on television, I'd, something funny would happen. Like I'd get like a weird feeling in my son. It was almost like I relate to the people without understanding. So growing up and seeing all of those things and kind of being really trodden down as a person, it completely destroyed who I was as a person. And you know what? I'd be as dramatic as to say, it completely ruined my life. It completely destroyed my life growing up and it's really taken me a good few years to build myself back up and really become who I am. And I'm still really working on my self-confidence. I'm still really working on my own self-belief. I'm my own worst critic. And I really do attribute a lot of it to that in my life. I genuinely do, and that's not me being dramatic or victimizing myself. I genuinely, when I go into myself or whenever I've had any counseling and I used to work with kids in care and there was always therapists around and I used to speak with them sometimes. And I genuinely attribute so much of that to that time in my life. So if there wasn't any homophobia, like I don't even know what my personality would be like today. Um, But at the same time, it's weird. You tank the bad times in your life because you learn so much from it. And I also look at the people who are homophobic and I think to myself, like, what happened to you in your life that makes you that person? Because maybe because I face these things that it's because I'm not racist or directly racist. I've definitely, obviously, I've Unconscious bias, and I've all obviously said stuff indirectly when I realized, of course, I have, and I still do because people still correct me all the time. But even if I wasn't gay, I'm sure my heart and soul that I've got, I would never be directly racist to a black man, or, or like I just wouldn't. And I just look at those people and I think, what happened in your life, or who raised you, or who's hurt you in your life that has made you be like this? Because I know there's been times in my life I've been so hurt that. In other ways, I haven't done the right thing. So I know heart people heart people and I look at them people and I actually feel sorry for them sometimes and I think that you need help. You need to read stuff, you need to listen to things. Like, cause that's not normal. You need to be educated.
0: Educate, yeah, yeah. I think for me, what I really see um, is and it comes back to this fearless thing, but fear of difference, fear of other, fear of not being in the mainstream, fear of being and Maybe it goes back to like, you know, Neanderthal times where if you were not part of the group and part of the pack, you died, do you know what I mean? So it's like that fear of other is what often keeps people, um, I suppose, in their lane. Yeah. And not kind of understanding that the beauty of difference, the beauty of diversity and um, And like, I think I think back again when I talked about my brother sending me that message and it's like, you know, the the Just talking in real terms about our story and giving someone, you know, the benefit to just listen to us makes a world of difference. And if you're starting in college now, in like, I would imagine that this podcast is out in October. So let's imagine you're wearing your winter coats and, you know, you're getting to understand a bit more about who you are in the world and who you might want to be. It doesn't matter if you've come from a homophobic background, it doesn't matter if your parents are homophobic. It's you have an opportunity now to to make a choice and to go, actually, I don't don't have to behave like that just because I've behaved like this all my life I can change Um, I can grow and we all do that like I I have changed throughout my life and grown and I think you know when it comes down to becoming an ally it's not about just standing front and centre and shouting from the rooftops it's about just sitting and listening and being there with your friends and if there comes a moment where you see uh, oppression happening then you can make a choice to do something about it Dervla, on campus, um, there is a lot of and I know I'm specifically speaking about the campus that you're working with, but like there's a lot of um, places and ways for students to go and uh, talk to people around not just sexuality, but around mental wellness and everything. But what's your experience um, when you're looking after the student body, especially if you're experiencing somebody who is um, trying to discover their identity?
2: First of all, I would say I just I want to just come in on the homophobia thing for obviously I haven't experienced it myself, but I think it's our history in Ireland as well. Like, you know, this need to other people and, you know, as an ally, I would, you know, and if someone is really interested in being an ally I would go back and read the history of LGBT rights in this country and how it has all started you know even from Stonewall all the way up to being decriminalized here you know and you know that real kind of representation a lot of the time only being on gay men you know like you were saying there um I think that's really, really huge. And just in the sense of while we're talking quite positively, and open today, you know, it does still exist when you think about what happened in June around Waterford and Panty Bar and all of that stuff. So while it's important to kind of move forward and be an ally and talk positively, we have to also acknowledge that there is still a lot of this in our society as well. Um, yeah. And for, and I suppose I'm quite passionate about it myself and Huey just on, and wrote in your experiences, you know, they're. Research has shown that there are high level, higher levels of distress, depression, anxiety, and um, suicide, self harm in the LGBTQ plus community because of the shame and discrimination. <clears throat> so I would say to anyone coming to college, um, we're here, we're open, it's safe. You know, we're non judgmental. I think I think everyone should do counselling. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. You can't just bias. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a. I think it's a great opportunity to just explore everything, whether it be identity, sexuality, um, gender. You know, um, a lot of college students, like you were saying, are coming out of you know households or societies or communities that may have been whichever which way and have never questioned or stepped out of those stereotypes. So it's a great opportunity to be able to do that, and I think counselling is a fantastic place to do it, um, because it's completely non-judgmental. You know, I have still students to this day who are still struggling with coming out that they still feel shamed and stigmatized that they can't which is quite sad you know that we live in a world where people can't be themselves um and be accepted or feel like they can't be accepted as well um i'm a big you know i'm always saying as well you know get out there come Campaigns, support listen educate um you know there's a lot of things that can be done on campus and like that like we were saying in in the previous podcast and wrote i think you said there about finding your tribe you know you you know college is a great place to find your tribe find the people and if they're not there create it go to the student union create the lgbtq plus society um you know be loud, be proud, you know, that kind of way. And like going back to the flag, I pass, I live close to the college campus here. And like on the weekends when I see the flag, the pride flag flying, like, you know, I'm so proud, you know, and, and you know, I can't imagine what it's like for people who are LGBTQ plus to actually feel included and, you know, that this college is, is for them as well. And the other thing is, well, you know, call out, you know, if there is something happening on campus that's homophobic, transphobic, any phobia at all, call it out. Or if you don't feel strong enough to call it out, come to the likes of us, come to the student services. There are policies and procedures, you know, there's equality, diversity, inclusion managers now. There's a lot more being done in this area, and rightly so. It's about time. Um, so, we want college campus to be safe for everyone, and you know, basic human rights, like you were saying, Huey. Like this is important stuff and basic stuff as well, that people haven't been afforded in the past.
1: Yeah, it's not a privilege.
2: Yeah, it's not a privilege. It's, it's people just haven't had it.
1: Literally a basic human right.
2: Exactly, and that's what people need to understand. It's not something we give to you. It's something we should
0: all have.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Absolutely absolutely um Roisin, what would you say to anyone starting college now taking their first steps what would you what would be your your number one advice to them it doesn't have to be around um your sexual identity but what would be your number one thing this is like this is really bad advice try not
3: to worry is really bad advice but you'll look back on it and say oh why did i spend so much time worrying take it easy try to enjoy it um also, if things don't work out like in your first year or your first few months, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be bad. Um, like I, I spent my first year in a different college and then I transferred to GMIT in my second year and it just suited me better. So if things like that are going to suit you better, there's no shame in saying I need to be closer to home or I want to move home and live at home for college like I did. There's no shame in saying that. I think in college you're expected to be 100% independent from the second you step foot in the door, but that's not necessarily always the case. It's about what suits you and Everyone else is most likely not taking notice of what you do, even if you think they are. So just do what suits you and do what's best for you.
0: And that's the
1: best way to go forward.
0: That's exactly it. The comparison is the is the thing that can cripple us all. You know, Hughie, what would you say to anyone listening to this in October?
1: Um, I would just say to anybody out there, just always be yourself. Never feel alone. Never feel like you don't have anybody that will understand you. Know that there's always help out there. Know that there's always people that was is there to listen to you. Any person... And um, even as on social media, if you ever whatever wanted to message me, I always message people back. I'm always there just to talk, not even just as somebody else who's maybe gay or, or whatever else. Just as a person, I'm there to listen um, and just understand that you're never alone. And genuinely, the saying, I always say this now that I feel so much better about who I am. Do you know the saying that we've always grew up and we've listened to it gets better? It genuinely does. Like, it's so bizarre how true that one sentence is, it gets better. Like, I don't feel in any way ashamed. I don't feel in any way embarrassed. Like, even when I first came out, I find it hard to say the word gay. It's so weird how much power it has. Like, I find it hard to say that word. Now, like, (laughs) I don't care. Like, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm Huey. I've got blue eyes. I'm Irish. I'm a traveler. I'm gay. It's just, I'm all just those things, but I'm just my own person. And genuinely, in time, any person out there, you'll feel that way in the long run. And to just, just listen to podcasts like these, talk to the right people. There's just somebody out there. I will always understand you and never feel alone.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really, really lovely way to to start wrapping up this um this episode. Dervla, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the students that are starting in October? I suppose just to
2: acknowledge it is it is hard to start college. It's a big transition and it's a big transition even now with COVID and the year that we've had. And so it can be scary. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to not feel like you belong. All of those things, all all of this the kind of scary stuff that comes with it, but like Huey and Roshan were saying, it does get better. Um, I would be very much of trying, kind of telling people to try and live their kind of authentic self as much as they can. Obviously, there is all these norms and social media pressures and all of that stuff, but it does get better as Huey said, but like the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. And like the quicker and sooner you can start to nurture that relationship and love yourself and love that relationship, the more accepting you'll become of others because you've accepted yourself. And while it's very hard to kind of ignore the external pressures and the external kind of content that's out there, you know, working on yourself is so, so important. And I think you know, I know social media has as a great platform as well, but it's one of my things that I do with people. And uh, when it, when especially when we're working on self-esteem or anything like that, you know, try and maybe do a detox, maybe do a, a clear out of people you're following as well. You know, if you if they're not giving you good vibes and making you feel good, then they really, really shouldn't be there because you know it is a you know, they're usually it's not real life, that kind of stuff. It's not reality. So, yeah, just try and relax into it. We're here. We're, you know, just find the student counselling services in your college. Find the student services. Um, people are here. It's a safe place. And and try and enjoy it. Hopefully we'll have a bit more of a normal college life this year. I'm hoping anyways to see some more students back on campus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I basically my takeaway from today's episode and obviously, you know, I'm I'm quite in, in, in proud of it, proud. Um, my takeaway from this week's episode, though, is that to give yourself permission to, to, to give yourself. Nobody else is going to give you permission. You have to give yourself permission to just be those that that identity that you are struggling to not be. You know, as in if you're looking and you're comparing yourself to others, it's because it's not who you are. Just give yourself permission to be in your own skin. And it takes a long time to figure out how to do that. But start now.
1: Yeah. And yes, definitely stop comparing yourself to others and definitely don't compare yourself to others through social media because they're not even the person that you are on social media. like, we're all guilty of taking 20 photos before we upload one. So stop comparing yourself to anyone on social media. And just always be yourself. But that does take time, as you said. That takes time. And then you realize just how simple life is when you do that. It's the most simplest thing is just to wake up and be who you are, which is why we always say there's privilege in people being white or being straight or being, like, their gender that they... Identify as the Wonderborn. Do you understand what I
0: mean? Yeah, completely. Um, Huey, Roisin, Dervla, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Do You Mind? Thank you. thank you. If you've been affected by the topics raised in this week's episode and need to talk to someone, you can contact the following organisations. Students at IT Sligo can text IT Sligo to 50808. Nationwide, text hello to 50808. It's free and confidential. Students in IT Sligo can contact Student Counselling Services on 071 930 5463 or online email studentcounsellor at itsligo.ie. Samaritans operate a 24-7 service. Contact 116123 or email joe at samaritans.ie. Women's Aid also operate 24-7. Their crisis number is one eight hundred three four one nine hundred. 341 900